You are listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. Support and subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash blazingcariboustudios. It is important to note that suddenly, and against all probability, a sperm whale had been called into existence several miles above the surface of an alien planet. And since this is not a naturally tenable position for a whale, this innocent creature had very little time to come to terms with its identity. This is what it thought as it fell. Ah, whoa, what's happening? Who am I? Why am I here? What's my purpose in life? What do I mean by who am I? Okay, okay, calm down, calm down, get a grip now. Ooh, this is an interesting sensation. What is it? It's a sort of a tingling in my... Well, I suppose I better start finding names for things. Let's call it a tail. Yeah, tail. And hey, what's this roaring sound? Whooshing past what I'm suddenly going to call my head. Wind. Is that a good name? It'll do. Yay, this is really exciting. I'm dizzy with anticipation. Or is it the wind? There's an awful lot of that now, isn't there? And what's this thing coming towards me very fast? So big and flat and round, it needs a big, wide-sounding name like Ow! Round, round, ground! That's it! Ground! I wonder if it'll be friends with me. Hello, ground! <laughs> well, remember what the, the vase of Petunia said? It said, no, not again. <laughs> <laughs> And welcome back to the Varmints Podcast, where every week we do a whole bunch of research to educate ourselves and you, the listener, on all things that creep, crawl, slither, fly, jump, hop, and swim on this planet, one animal at a time. My name's Paul. I'm not an animal expert. And before we get into today's episode, we just want to give you a little heads up. Uh, We're not going to get explicit or graphic in this episode, but we are going to talk about detailed descriptions of birds and bees type things. So... If you haven't had the relevant conversation with your children yet, we hope that uh, you'll review this episode ahead of time before having them listen to it, because I know a lot of you listen with their with your kids, and that is wonderful, but we don't want you to get into conversations that are awkward, and maybe you're not ready for them yet. So if you feel like you need to skip the episode, that's fine, too. We don't mind. Go listen to the Otters, Otters episode again, uh, because that one is awesome. Or listen to any of the other ones. Yeah, I'm Donna, and I'm not an animal expert, and we are going to talk about sperm whales today, and we're going to have a little shout-out to the giant squid right at the end. Yes, we are. But first, the news. This is Varmin's Headline News with your anchorman, some guy named Paul. Thank you, Matthew. The headline, a Canadian photographer captures a rare whale defense mechanism involving a whole lot of poop. A group of divers in waters off the small island of Dominica received an unexpected surprise when they were suddenly engulfed by a giant underwater poo cloud created by a sperm whale. And rather than just read you the news story, this Canadian photographer, his name is Kerry Wilk, he was interviewed by BBC Radio on the show Five Live Breakfast, and I have about two minutes of audio here that is just wonderful, so here it is. It started to make a dive, and typically when, it, when sperm whales dive, they, they'll evacuate their bowels somewhat, and they'll just continue on a dive. But in this case, it looked like it was going to make a dive, but stopped. And so we were confused for a second as it was holding still vertically, and then it started to evacuate its bowels, and didn't stop for several minutes. And then that's when this uh, 
Poonado started to occur where the, the, yeah, the whale was actually bobbing up and down in the water, wafting the, the cloud with its tail and intentionally trying to seemingly intentionally trying to make the cloud larger and larger as it was hiding itself. So you think this was a, a deliberate act by the whale who, who didn't really like having his photo taken? Well, I, that's what's being speculated, that this was a, a defense mechanism similar to what an octopus does with its ink. So after this cloud was made, which was about a 30 or thirty or 40 meters in diameter, uh, the whale was actually hidden completely inside of the, of the, uh, the poop ball. And after, after about a minute, the whale burst out of the cloud and just shot down <laughs> to the depths. To make matters worse, not that I can imagine there's, there's an upside to being caught in this situation, you, were, you just had goggles and a snorkel on, didn't you? You, you had no other protection. Oh. Yeah, well, actually, uh, myself, I didn't even have a snorkel, so I just had my bare mouth. Um, so anytime I'd take my head out of the water and breathe, there would inevitably be some amount of water that would sort of... <laughs> You know, drip down into my mouth, uh, and and I actually did take my mask off for a second because I was curious about whether or not it smelled on the surface. And sure enough, it did. It was very pungent, and uh, the the uh, fecal matter actually got you know all into our wetsuits and bathing suits. We were essentially completely soaked in the feces. <laughs> I don't, I can't, I don't know what part of that interview I like the best. I don't know if. I like the fact that the BBC interviewer is keeping such a straight face <laughs> or the fact that he's just describing being in a cloud of poo so matter-of-factly. How are they not laughing about this? <laughs> I don't I know. Can't. Maybe he's, maybe he's told the story he's told the story so many times by now that he can like get through it without cracking up. <laughs> maybe. What I think is the part that's the best is that he's like, I wonder how this smells. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take off my little mask so I can see how it smells. Oh, that's really awful. Yeah, it smells like poop. Imagine that. I'm sure that he probably like waved to it, but you got to smell it. <laughs> you know how humans do. We're weird that way. So, yeah. Oh, there is an article and there are pictures to go along with this, and you can be sure that we will put them on the show notes. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It is a cloud of poop. I love that poonado. That's what happened with the great white shark in our sharks episode, you remember? Yes, that's right. Yeah, there's a poonado. Yep. Awesome. <laughs> Just a reminder to go to blazingcariboustudios.com for links to the audio and our show notes, guys, for today's episode. And we are also on Twitter and at Instagram at, at Podcast, all one word. And at varmanspodcast at gmail.com for questions, comments, stories, suggestions. We love your emails. Please send them, send them, send them. We love them. And if you like the show, head on over to iTunes or Stitcher and leave us a nice little rating and review. Now let's learn about sperm whales and giant squid. The kingdom of animals is fascinating. Now I'm going to tell you about their behavior and living pattern. So come on. What in God's holy name are you blathering about? We are blathering about the sperm whale today. The sperm whale has actually another name. It's also called a, I've never heard it called this before, a cachalo? Cachalo. Yeah, yeah. Have you heard that before? Never did until we started looking into it. Yeah. So, yeah. It is the largest of the toothed whales and the largest tooth predator on the face of the earth. 
Uh, the sperm whale is a pelagic mammal. If you ever hear that word pelagic, all that means is that it lives in the ocean. No big deal. It has a worldwide range. It's everywhere. But they do migrate seasonally for feeding and breeding purposes. And they're huge. I mean, they're whales. Mature males average about 16 meters or about 52 feet in length. But some can reach 20 and a half, 21 meters, or which is about 67 feet. And the head represents up to one-third of the animal's total length. It can also dive to depths of 2,250 meters, which is 7,382 feet. That is almost a mile and a half. And it makes that the second deepest diving animal. The animal that dives the deepest is the Cuvier's beaked whale. It can be hard to tell most whales apart. Some people get different images in their brain when they think of whales. But the sperm whale is kind of unique, and chances are if you ask somebody to draw a picture of a whale, they're probably going to draw a sperm whale because they're the whales that are kind of long, their tail is kind of slender in the back, and then they have that classic whale tail, but the head is huge, and it's almost like rectangular shaped, and they have that little tiny jaw on the bottom. So whenever you, when, when you ask like a five-year-old to draw a whale, that's probably the whale that they're going to draw. Well, if you ask, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's the iconic whale shape. Iconic, that's the word I was thinking of. Why are they called sperm whales, Donna? Oh, we need our warning sound. Oh. Warning, warning. Birds and bees conversation happening now. <laughs> sperm whales are called sperm whales because of the spermaceti organ in their heads. Um, the spermaceti organ is a large sac that's full of a waxy substance that's found in uh, the head cavities of all sperm whales um, and in smaller quantities in the oils of other whales. Um, the spermaceti is created inside the organ in the whale's head, and if you look at the spermaceti in its liquid form, it looks like this male semen, which is why it's called sperma spermaceti. That's right. why it's called the sperm whale. So that is the part of the show that we were warning you about. It is now done with, and you can listen to the rest of the show. <laughs> <laughs> so enjoy. <laughs> well done, Japan. <laughs> Uh, it's a complete non sequitur, but there you go. Uh, so basically, this stuff is pretty interesting. There are two theories for why the whale has this stuff in its head. And one of them is about buoyancy. Because the spermaceti, basically, it, it, it uh, solidifies at lower temperatures and liquefies at higher temperatures. So the idea is that as the sperm whale is diving deep and the water gets colder and colder and colder and colder, the spermaceti starts to solidify and becomes heavier or denser. I don't, I don't, I don't think it actually becomes heavier. It's the same weight. But it becomes denser and it helps with uh, buoyancy. It helps to weigh the, the whale down, right? Because there's less air in the space, I yeah. guess. Um, and then when they went to rise up again, they send a bunch of blood to that area of the head which melts the spermaceti and helps them to become to to rise up um to the surface so wow you have to kind of a qual you have, kind of have to understand the qualities of how this stuff works 
on a much deeper level than I do to explain it incredibly well, but basically that's the idea. Okay. <laughs> and then the other thing that uh, the spermaceti is for, they think, is to amplify the little clicks that the sperm whales make to talk to each other. Um, the the sac that complain, contains the spermaceti is the hugest organ in the whale's body. It is It comprises a fourth of the whale's body length. So... In a big male, that can be like 15 feet or 4.5 meters just for this one organ. So Wow. Yeah, it's crazy big. So what happens with the clicks is that there are these little, there's these little lips that are actually in a nostril at the front of their face. Okay. They're called monkey lips because it's kind of what they look like. <laughs> they're huge because it's a huge animal. But basically, they make the little click sound with those little lips, and it gets sent... The clicks go through the spermaceti sac to the skull, right? And um, I've got notes here. <laughs> <laughs> it bounces through that sac of oil in the head, bounces off the skull, so it goes the other way, runs through the lower nose, and shoots out into the sea. So that's how the clicks are made. And they wow. think that the spermaceti organ it helps to amplify that. And these clicks are, you're going to talk about the clicks later, but the clicks are basically the way that the whales are telling each other how big they are. That is amazing. Because they can do the math of how far apart the clicks are. The initial click at the front of the face and the one after it bounces off the skull after traveling through the spermaceti organ, spermaceti organ, um, the whale can go, oh, well, it's that far, so that must mean <laughs> carry the wind that that whale is, you know, however long. So. I don't think I like your sperm whale's attitude. <laughs> Why? <laughs> it's like, yeah, well, I think, this, I think he's that big. Yeah. <laughs> well, he has to do math, and sperm whales hate doing math. So. <laughs> The spermaceti is the thing that when they used to hunt whales, that was what they were going after, right? It wasn't the blubber. It was the, the spermaceti in their head. Exactly. And the reason is that it's a, it's a really good lubricant. And it is a, it is a, you can make candles and, and lamp oil out of it that makes a smokeless flame. And if, you can imagine if you're, for many centuries, if you're a human that wants flame inside your house so you can see stuff when it's dark, um, having a smokeless flame is sort of preferred. So that's sure. pretty nice. And, and uh, so people really sought after it for that. But um, later on in the Industrial Revolution, they used it to lubricate the engines of like looms, big looms in factories, any machine in a big industrial factory, and the first submarines, that kind of thing. This practice carried on up until even after World War II. And at that time, they were... Uh, hunting the whales with these explosive harpoons to make it faster oh, to get at that spermaceti oil. So, Ugh. yeah, and that's why they were critically endangered for a really long time. So, it's one of those things that kind of it's a good, kind of a good thing that we went to fossil-based fuels instead. Um, yeah, because it kind of saved this whale from extinction. Yeah, so, six one half dozen of the other. It's not a great thing for us to do with the fossil fuels. I understand that, but. Uh, but uh, the change definitely saved this animal yeah. for us. I read something that a large whale can carry up to 500 gallons of spermaceti in its skull. Yeah, it's crazy amount of the stuff. It's nuts. Yeah. 
What I've often wondered about is how sperm whales eat because that lower jaw is really long and narrow and it's kind of on the bottom of its body and it's really small in relation to the rest of its body. And the shape of the sperm whale isn't exactly like streamlined or hydrodynamic, so they are not the fastest whale in the ocean. Sperm whales can frequently be opportunistic, and they've been known to feed on fish and squid that are caught in commercial fishing nets. But the vast majority of their diet is squid, which are way, way, way faster animals. So right. the best guess that people have is that sperm whales hunt using echolocation, using, well, you called them little clicks. They're not very little clicks. The, no, they're not. They're not. The male sperm whale makes the loudest sound of any animal on the earth at 200 decibels per click. And it can be heard for more than two miles away underwater. Yeah, that's crazy. To put that into perspective, permanent hearing damage in a human occurs at 120 decibels and above. At 130 decibels, you're going to start experiencing actual physical pain. There's a non-lethal weapon called an LRAD that produces a beam of sound that is 162 decibels. And that completely incapacitates people. Like, you cannot function when that thing is pointed at you. And yet the click is over 200 decibels. So that's right. really, really... That's under, even underwater, sperm whales are really, really loud. Right. So what scientists think is happening, and they don't know this for sure, but their best guess is that sperm whales are using the clicks to locate the squid... And then when they get close enough, they're using even louder clicks to stun the squid once they're close enough. But it's kind of an educated guess because they really haven't been able to replicate this in any kind of scientific way without, you know, they don't have the proper equipment and, and producing a sound that loud is going to, is really dangerous. Right, right. That's a neat idea. And, uh, you know, they don't have any way to observe it either because that's really deep down. <laughs> right. Yeah. When it comes to sperm whales and especially giant squid, which we're going to talk about later, scientists are pretty much like, I don't know, man. That's pretty much it for a lot of sperm whale studies. <laughs> I mean, we can dive really deep down in those big capsule craft or whatever, but it's, I mean... You know, you go down and then you don't see anything. <laughs> right. And they have teeny weeny little windows, so it's not like your view is great. <laughs> right. Some of the we'll we'll talk about some of this later, but uh, yeah. So. Yeah. The other thing is that sperm whales they can't digest the beaks that the squid have. Uh, squid and octopus have those little beaks called, that are made out of keratin, and we discussed this in the octopus episode. And so they just sit there in their stomachs, and from time to time, sperm whales will either barf up or poop out a substance called ambergris. Uh, when it's fresh, as you can imagine, ambergris has a kind of a marine fecal odor. But as it ages, it acquires a sweet, earthy scent. I don't know how people found this out, or why they even, how this started, but this is what people have found out. Ambergris, it used to be very, very highly valued by perfumers as a fixative, which is a substance that allows the scent to last a whole lot longer. Right. And now it's been replaced by a synthetic compound called ambroxan. And mainly because possession and trade of ambergris is now illegal. You can't go around just harvesting it and buying and selling it. But it used to be a thing. Somebody found it washed yeah. up on the shore. and Oh, they used it for all sorts of stuff. Charles II used to have it on his eggs, man. He used to eat it? Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. He had it on his eggs. They would powder it up for him, and he'd put it on his eggs. <laughs> oh, my God. 
<laughs> but to understand, it didn't stink at that time. So, like when it's powdered and dried and doesn't stink anymore. I have no idea what it tasted like, but yeah. Charles II, kind of, kind of weird guy. We're probably never going to find out how it tastes. No. No. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so too. <laughs> it tasted good to the king of England. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take his word for it. Yeah, me too. All right, hey, it's disclaimer time. The Varmints podcast knows that it's not fair to compare animal intelligence to human intelligence, but then we only really have the yardstick of ourselves to go by, so we're going to do it anyway. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. On a scale of 1 to 10, I gave the sperm whale a 5 because it was really hard to find any kind of scientific study that to test how intelligent these animals really are even though their brain weighs five times as much as a human brain there's no real evidence that i saw that translates that into actual like intelligence well i mean i think they kind of are in a way they they show signs of cultural behavior so that's that's kind of important so i'm gonna put them like five or six somewhere in the middle right um those clicks that they make those aren't just random you know, they mean different things, too. I mean, they, they mean how big they are. Obviously, we talked about that. But they can mean other things as well. It's how they communicate with each other. And scientists have found that different groups of whales in the world have different dialects. Like the the whales, the sperm whales in the Mediterranean speak a different dialect oh, than the wow. sperm whales in the Atlantic, etc. Um, they... they they speak the same language and they can teach each other the language like different groups of sperm whales will run into each other and they will learn different clicking sequences from each other and they seem to teach it to their children somehow their their specific groups clicking dialect is taught to their children um no idea how that's done i mean i saw people talking about it was something they learn in the womb while they're developing because they hear mom through the through her body doing the clicks and so maybe they learn it that way and maybe they learn it after they're born yeah um but uh yeah so they're passing on that information and they can learn from each other so they're sort of speaking different languages to each other and learning from each other um and and this is this kind of behavior has been seen in other cetaceans as well so it's, it's maybe shouldn't be that surprising but uh so to me that's sort of a sign of uh that's a that's one of the signs of a higher intelligence so wow that's cool i mean they do have a big huge brain but i think we learned in our ravens episode that it's scientists have figured out that it's brain size in relation to the rest of your body rather than total brain size right (laughs) otherwise the sperm whale would be the smartest animal on the planet right so so yeah um but uh yeah it's a it's it's really interesting so i i think um and i think they are developing little I mean, there's like whale clans and stuff. They're like, well, the Mediterranean whale clan <laughs> or whatever. You know, like-minded individuals learn from each other. So I think I'm going to put them up at a six, I think. Five or six, somewhere in there. This is going to sound dumb, but I wonder if whales have different accents. Like if their clicks are like, click or click or. Yeah. Really? I bet. I oh. bet they do. Yeah, like you can kind of, I mean, a scientist that studies this stuff would be like, well, that's a Mediterranean whale. You can tell by the way the click is like more clicky at the end. (laughs) That is amazing. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be like an accent, like human language accent, but 
but it but they definitely have different dialects, so one would assume they have different sounds to go along with it. You could maybe describe it as an accent, I guess. So I don't think that's a dumb huh. question. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We are going to talk about sperm whales and pop culture and a couple other little things, too. And we're going to talk about giant squid, but we're going to do that right after this commercial. Hey, this is The Toe host of the Gravity Beard Podcast, a variety show with interviews and discussions on a wide range of topics. Our guests have included a viral YouTube star, a former child actor. We've even had a guy on who may have solved the D.B. Cooper case. It's a delicious box of audio chocolate. You never know what you'll get. Find it on Podbean, iTunes, and other places you listen to podcasts. It's the Gravity Beard Podcast. It's what your ears will want to be listening to. And now for something completely different. My ears love the Gravity Beard podcast. Mine too. <laughs> We're going to be on there pretty soon. Oh yeah? Cool. Yeah. Hey, you know, me and Donna, we're just a couple of nerds like you, and we don't see animals up close and in person very often. So let's talk a little bit about where we see them most of the time on movies, TV, and video games. And the thing I've chosen this week are the games Endless Ocean and Endless Ocean 2 for the Nintendo Wii and the Nintendo Wii U, respectively. These are video games where the player is a scuba diver who is sent on missions to photograph and keep records of all sorts of marine life around the world. Ooh, what a fun concept. Oh, they're such good games. Each game has a main storyline that you can play through, and there's also like a bunch of little side quests that you can do to make extra money and upgrade your equipment, and those games are like kryptonite for me. Anytime that there's a chance to collect 100% of something, I have to collect 100% of something, and those are dangerous games for me to play. You should never play WoW because the achievements would absolutely murder <laughs> every moment of your leisure time. In the first game, Endless Ocean, the main quest is to find the White Mother, which, spoiler alert, is a very large albino blue whale. So the player and the NPCs are set out to find this white mother, which entails seeking out the four types of whales that are present in the game, which are the humpback whale, the North Atlantic right whale, the blue whale, and, of course, the sperm whale. And then you place these motion sensors on different points of the map, and then that kind of triangulates the position of the white mother, which is winds up being a big blue whale, and credits. And then you've beat the game. And then you go around and you collect little treasures and stuff, and it's really fun. In Endless Ocean 2, very similar game, but in this one there's an area that is guarded by a giant squid, and so to access this area, you have to coax a nearby sperm whale into attacking the squid so that you can get into that little part of the game and you can continue the main storyline. Oh, um, how fun! Yeah, and the soundtrack is beautiful, and I didn't include any audio this week because it's just the soundtrack and a bunch of little watery noises, and it's not a very... Um, exciting game to listen to right but it's a really it's a really nice relaxing game to play it is not action-packed it's not like you know it's probably not as um exciting to play as wow and it's definitely not the most realistic thing in the world i mean you know probably just like any job marine biology and underwater photography probably has a lot more boring moments yeah, but nobody wants to make the the boring moments video game. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is just a really, it's a fun, relaxing, just really chill game. And if you still have a Wii U, which, by the way, is the most underrated console of all time, I think. Uh, I have a Wii. I don't have a Wii U. Okay, so you can get the first yeah. Endless Ocean. 
Right, I love the ocean and I love relaxing games for, you know, when you're not feeling too well, it's really nice to just sit on the couch and play like a real relaxing game, so. You would absolutely love great. Endless Ocean. I think I saw in GameStop online it was like five bucks. Yeah, I'm gonna get it and I'm gonna play it. Okay, well, so um, we couldn't do sperm whales today without talking about Moby Dick! <laughs> the opening sound clip was almost going to be Moby Dick by Led Zeppelin, but I didn't want to get into any trouble with Led Zeppelin. Yeah, they're pretty, they're like pretty litigational. I don't a know little bit. Word. Litigious. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> they are. Don't hurt us. Uh, <laughs> Moby Dick is a fictional whale who is the main character, or the, uh, sorry, the main antagonist in Herman Melville's 1851 novel, Moby Dick. So Moby Dick, also called The Whale, is a novel by the American writer Herman Melville, and it was published in 1851. So in the book, Sailor Ishmael tells the story of the obsessive quest of Ahab, who is the captain of the whaler Pequod, for revenge on Moby Dick, the white <laughs> whale that bit off Ahab's leg at the knee. So Right. Yeah. It's um it's a it's considered a, a classic uh, kind of book to read and I've never read it but it is so iconic in our culture that everybody knows the name Moby Dick even if, and they know it's a big white whale even if they have no idea who the author was and it's just one of those things that's kind of stuck in our culture right? to a, a really large extent and I found this really awesome retelling of the tale of Captain Ahab and Moby Dick on the internet. It is a video from Omens Studios called Captain Schmelly and the Sperm Whale. <laughs> Here's a little clip from that. <gasps> ah. That he took me leg. Yeah, and your sanity. Fly, Kipper! My leg! It's grown back! <laughs> Arr, it's me other leg. <laughs> Death to the whale! <laughs> it's only like a four minute long video, so I could only pull a few seconds of that. But it's really, yeah. really funny. Oh, it's so funny. It's got a little cursing in it, a little mild cursing, and uh, so just so you know in advance. But, uh, oh, what a funny video. Yeah. And, uh, I love the whale in that one. <laughs> yeah. He's <laughs> just so nonplussed, you know. Whatever, dude. <laughs> I never read the book either, uh, Moby Dick, but I did see both the uh, the 1956 movie with Gregory Peck in it, and then they did a made-for-TV movie some years ago with Patrick Stewart as Captain Ahab. Oh, yeah, I didn't see either one of those. They're really good. They're really good. Now, you don't like movies where the animal is the bad guy. I don't, Correct. because animals are not bad guys. So, Right. And I would say that after watching both movies that Moby Dick is not the bad guy in these movies. He's just a whale that kind of wants to be left alone. And Captain Ahab is kind of the bad guy in both movies. Right, right. Because he's so obsessed with going after this whale and killing it that it winds up being a very uh, self-destructive part of his life without spoiling it if you haven't seen it. Well, that not that supposed to be what the book is about, ultimately? Like, uh, destroying yourself over stuff that doesn't matter? Obsession. Or <laughs> yeah, just pointless yeah. obsession. 
Pointless exceptions. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I don't like animal. I don't like movies where the animals are portrayed as the bad guy. Um, I've seen plenty of them. I just I'm, I prefer to avoid them. Sure. I like to eat. Oh, I like to eat too. Hey, we did a, a thing for the first time this week. We put out a little Twitter poll, and we asked people if they would eat sperm whale or not. Did you get to see the results? I didn't see the results. I saw the poll. All right. 41% of the people that responded said, Get in my belly! Come on! Mm. Yeah. And 59% said, Oh, no. No. <laughs> 59% of the people out there would not eat whale, but 40, 41% would. I would not. So the reason I would not eat them is because there's no evidence that they were hunted for their meat. No. Uh -uh. And there's no evidence that people actually ate the whales. They were just killing them for their spermaceti, basically, which does that mean mm. that they were being wasteful and they didn't try to eat the whale or that the whale meat was no good? But you don't hear I of people eating whale that think, often. Uh, they may have made it into dog food. So Okay. Yeah. I mean, we haven't had dog food. F food specifically for dogs for all that long, but that may, be, may have been one of the early uses when we did. I think they started to have it during the Victorian era, so. Alright. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. For, I'm not completely sure, but yeah. They might not have wasted it. They, maybe it was a little bit of both, right? Right. There, yeah. there, are, there are cultures that are eating whale. I know up in the Faroe Islands, they eat whale, but they're not eating sperm whale. They're basically eating pilot whales which are they're not protected and there's a ton of them so yeah and they only eat like one for like a village of 25 people or whatever yeah know? exactly <laughs> you know or 100 people or however many it feeds yeah. it's like they're actually using it in a in a in a way that's okay for the whales population right so, yeah yeah so um yeah that's a different thing though but uh yeah they're not eating any endangered whales either so I mean, these guys are still... I don't know if they're endangered. Did we check their status? I think they're vulnerable. What's their status? Are they vulnerable? I think they're vulnerable. They were very, 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 very in trouble for a long time. And I think their numbers yeah. are coming back. But they're not anywhere near a sta stable, safe population yet, from what I learned while watching documentaries and all this kind of stuff. So. Yeah, they're doing better. But yeah, leave them alone. Don't eat the endangered ones, people. Yeah. Yeah, don't. <laughs> don't get in my belly. Stay out of my belly. <laughs> hey, Donna. Yeah, hello. Hello. Hey, <laughs> is your brain a repository of useless information like mine is? Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, let's help everybody win that next trivia night or just sound smarter than the rest of the room with the animal fact of the week. And this is the part where we're going to talk about giant squid which is just going to be a footnote to this episode because there is so much that scientists don't know about giant squid. And as a result, we really can't do a full episode on them. Yep. There's only one known species of giant squid. Scientists think that male giant squids can reach lengths of about 10 meters or about 33 feet. But most of what we know about giant squid comes from two sources. Giant squid bodies that have washed up on the shore and from evidence that researchers have gathered from studying sperm whales, which is pretty cool. Right. Mm -hmm. Sperm whales do eat giant squid. Scientists know this because they've seen 
whales carrying around giant squid, but they've also done necropsies on whales that have beached themselves and examined what was in their stomachs. And they have identified uh, giant squid DNA in there. Right. There's also scarring that's left on sperm whale bodies. And that's how they know that giant squid have giant suction cups on their arms that are about two to three inches in diameter, and they're serrated on the edges. Mm -hmm. So when they grab onto the whale, when the whale's trying to eat them, they they mark up and, and scar up the skin. Yep. Those suckers are like two inches of, of cross, and there's like a billion of them. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And serrated like a knife. So when they, yeah. they cut into you, when they grab you. Ouch. <laughs> Scientists don't know exactly how many giant squid there are, but they do know that there are about 360,000 sperm whales on the Earth. So they figure if one sperm whale ate one giant squid a month, which researchers think is plausible, that means that there's about 4.3 million giant squid that are being eaten every year. So they're not mm -hmm. extinct or vulnerable. They're not extinct, of course, but they're not vulnerable or in any kind of danger at all. Right. And uh, again, yeah. we don't really know exactly how many there are, but there are certainly a lot more giant squid down there than, than I thought there were. Yeah, I mean, they're they're down so deep that they're kind of, they're away from most pollution hazards, they're away from most predator hazards, they're just, right. you know, they're just so far out of everything that could be a danger that that there's prop they're probably fine. Yeah. So. Just because they're rare to see doesn't necessarily mean that they are rare. They're just deep. So there's not a ton of giant squid in popular culture, but there is sort of in culture culture, you know what I mean? Like uh, the Kraken is a giant squid that's in it's a legend that's inspired by the giant squid. Okay. The the English word Kraken is taken from the Norwegian. In the Norwegian, it's a, a form of krake, which is a word designating an unhealthy animal or something twisted. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but uh, so there's an old Icelandic saga, which I don't know if I'm pronouncing right, and it's called Orvar Ord Order. And it's in, in it, there is an episode of a journey that takes place where the protagonists go through the Greenland Sea and then they, they encounter these big sea monsters called Hagufa and Lingvakar. And uh, <laughs> these are supposed to be a reference to the Kraken, they think. So that's that's kind of where we get that idea from. Cool. And from those old Icelandic sagas. And uh, they caught on in popular culture really fast. I think, um, I think there's movies where there's a Kraken. is always a giant uh, squid or octopus type of thing. But uh, it, it's inspired by the giant squid from evidence that we talked about the sucker scars on sperm whales and stuff like that so but uh, there is an 1830 poem that Alfred Tennyson wrote that's an irregular sonnet called the Kraken and I'll read it here because it's very short go ahead so, all right below the thunders of the upper deep far far beneath in the abysmal sea his ancient dreamless uninvaded sleep the Kraken sleepeth faintest sunlights flee about his shadowy sides above him swell huge sponges of millennial growth and height and far away into the sickly light from many a wondrous grot and secret cell unnumbered and enormous polypi 
Winnow with giant arms the slumbering green. There hath he lain for ages and will lie, battening upon huge sea worms in his sleep until the latter fire shall heat the deep. Then once by man and angels to be seen, in roaring he shall rise and on the surface die. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> I love Tennyson. That's awesome. <laughs> He's so dramatic. <laughs> Do you know when the first time anybody actually ever took a picture of a live giant squid was? No. Uh-uh. It was 2006 before there was an actual video of a live giant squid swimming around. Have you ever seen like art or wood carvings where... There's a giant squid and a sperm whale engaged in battle. Mm-hmm, yeah. And they're both, like, wrapped around each other and trying to kill each other. And yes. Yeah, nobody's ever seen that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. Well, yeah. No human. <laughs> no. Sperm whales see it all the time. They're like, hmm. <laughs> yeah. And the, and the tiny little bit of evidence that there is is that the whales are the predators and the squid are the prey. They're not like equal yeah. competitors or combatants engaged in some long, protracted battle of life and death on a wood carving. No. No. Mm-mm. But that's not exciting. Nah, well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are. Uh, they're real interesting, but uh, yeah. They're interesting, but there's just not a whole lot about them. And if we ever do an episode about squid, I'm, I'm sure we'll mention them again, but... I've gotten requests for giant squid in particular, and there's just not a whole lot out there for us to talk about with that particular species of squid. Yeah, yep. There's just not enough about them to make a whole episode, as we said. So, mm. no. what are you going to do? And yes, That's I would it. eat giant squid because I love calamari. Oh, yeah. I would, too. Yeah. Heck, yeah. I bet it would taste sort of bad, though. Why? You know? Why do you think? I don't know. I just feel like if you're used to how something, like calamari is from kind of smaller guys, and mm-hmm. and uh, I'm just comparing, like I've eaten octopus, and small octopuses seem to be pretty yummy, and but the big ones seem to be rubby, rubberier, and the texture's not so great. So. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah. I would guess. I just picture ordering... Yeah calamari from a giant squid in a restaurant and getting like a plate with two rings on it <laughs> well the the rings are only about two inches of uh, two inches in diameter so they're the suckers the are two inches itself, in diameter the but the suckers arms are, yeah yeah oh the arms yeah. isn't that where they get the I calamari from or is it the mantle mm. Mm. no it's the arms it's the arms. I don't know they're always battered and fried so I can't <laughs> 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 nom 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 just eat it. <laughs> erase, erase, erase. I have no idea. I don't know. All right. So, yeah. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, the Varmint's podcast has been brought to you with technical support by Matthew Chomo and music, as always, by Kevin McLeod. Thanks, guys. And in our Rugrat Corner this week, we love Sylvia, and Sylvia had something to say about sperm whales. I am Sylvia, and I um, nominated and I deep and sperm whales go deep, deep down in the ocean, um, and they eat squid. Get a t- they get attacked by orcas because they have big heads. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sylvia's the I'm best. a big fan of Sylvia. She's like the most self-assured little kid. She's great. Thank you so much, Sylvia. <laughs> I'm Sylvia. You rock, Sylvia. <laughs> Absolutely. Love her. Thanks again, everybody, for listening, and until next time. Be nice to animals.
You've been listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. Support and subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash blazingcariboustudios. A whale of a tail, I tell you, man, a whale of a tail. Run the whale show. <laughs>